0: You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora.
1: What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. It is a great day on the Uncanceled Podcast. And the reason that it is a great day... Is because we have a very special guest today. We really do. Yeah. We have a very, very special guest. Uh, my friend Ben Stanley, guys. Ben, well, all right, was, oh, no, oh, no, yeah. you know, <laughs> what? you know what? I'm done. <laughs> huh? Nice no. knowing you. I'm canceled. I'm out already. It's it, 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 it's Grace Payak. Whoa, my mic just like disappeared on me. Whoa. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, That, that was it Was a sign. It was it's a sign. Me. So Grace yeah. does
2: the intros. So you've seen her every week, but it's she's never been on the potty. Never been
1: on. Yeah. Can you believe That's it? That's actually facts. I actually didn't even think about that, that she does the intro, but yet she has never been on the podcast. Yeah.
0: Never been on. But here wow. I am. Here I am. Happy she, to be here. She's
1: here. She's I'm, a water. She I'm wants here. to be here right yeah. now. Grace is in this house. Yeah, I'm here. Come on. She's thanks here, for, and thanks she's for excited. Yeah, you know what she's excited to do. You know what she specifically is excited to do. I'm nervous. Grace is excited too. Rate, rate that. Rate. Foreign snack. snack. Come on Come now, on. that, that was, was nice. That
0: was so aggressive for no, no you, you reason. You had to
2: put something down. Otherwise, you have to put something down. It otherwise, it really not really right. all thrown off. We've yeah. learned that
1: we we have. I'm actually thankful that you just kind of shut up because like it wasn't. <laughs> if you if you tried to hop in, it just <laughs> it it probably would have threw it off. Um, oh, Allie, no. Allie th- threw it off one week. It's actually a she little did. funny when she we throw did. It off. I
0: watched that and I. It's yeah. funny. I, I it's funny. Love it's good. It's this is like
1: the casual part of the podcast. Like this is like kind of just you know chilling. We're that foreign snack. Um. Reg, what do we got today, man? Uh, is that one of the originals?
2: Yeah. I don't know. The list is over there. You want me to grab it?
1: Yeah, go grab the list if, if, if you can. Yeah, that, that, that'd be great. Yeah, th- this, it, to be honest with you, I, I cannot read what it is because... I think it says Skittles. It's, well, it says Skittles, yeah, but I can't read what else it says because it's in <clears throat> Japanese, mm. maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. It looks pretty cool. If it was
0: Portuguese, you'd have a chance
1: Maybe it's not an original Yeah, if it was Portuguese, it might, I might have a chance I'm learning Portuguese
2: Yeah, this is, um What is it? Skittles, fruit tea flavors From China Oh, China, China. Okay like fruity or fruit tea? No, fruit tea, tea. two words
1: mm. Oh, fruit tea mm-hmm. Very nice We don't know what the flavors are Because it is in another country uh, I, I guess we'll just have
2: to go with it I like that I love the colors Word.
0: How is this Buster. working? Are we taking one of each? Or are we just picking a random? Let's um, go let's with
1: go the with purple. A purple one because yep. it looks like there's a lot of them. Go ahead. Okay. Pick a purple one. Let's see. Uh, sniff it. Uh-huh.
2: No, not really getting much with the Skittle from Sniff.
1: No, you're not going to really get much. I mean, I actually am getting a little bit. I don't know. I feel like this is going to be like lavender. I don't know why. I feel like, like that's like a, like a th- what it's going to be, uh, which is kind of gross, okay. but let's see. Okay. I nailed it. That.
0: Wait, hmm. Wait, lavender's not a fruit.
1: <laughs> it's <Yeah>. tea. <laughs> it's just...
0: But isn't it fruit tea?
2: Yeah. What is know. that? I don't know, but it's good. Man. Yeah, I oh, like it. I like That's it. really good.
0: I'm really happy I'm on this week when it's something good, because I enjoyed yeah, that. That's true. Oh,
2: wow.
1: I definitely am tasting the tea. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's one. Oh. Um, let's go with the yellow one next. You want to try a yellow one? I do. So, so far, I'm, like, happy with, like, the results hey, of This isn't lemon. And this isn't lemon, that's just like dumb. Weird. Yeah, let's, let's see. Oh.
2: No. Do, we not, do we
0: not sniff this one?
2: What a fumble from me. Oh. Is it bad?
0: You don't like that? No. It's not like great, but it's, I wouldn't give it that reaction.
1: F, it, it, it gave me an oh, um, it settled oh, down.
2: No. Wait, that's very tea like though.
1: Yeah. Wow. It changed on you,
2: right? It does.
1: What just happened? I've been through an array of emotions that I've never been through on the Rate That Foreign Snack uh, segment. My, like, it hit me wow. and then, like, went away.
2: I have no idea what these flavors are, but they taste like tea.
1: Yeah, let, let's go with this, uh, this red one. Uh, honestly, yes. like, like, red. I, I feel like the people are entertained right now. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is fascinating.
2: Grace came on and just wanted to disagree. What?
1: what? Red?
2: Grace, what, what do you, what, did, did you choose
1: violence this morning when, when, when you woke dude. up? My goodness. Mm.
0: That's nice. I like that one. That one's my favorite so yep, far. Yep,
1: I agree with that. I like the purple one a little better. Really? Okay. I did.
0: You know what? I'm not as big a fan of the aftertaste of that one.
1: I didn't, didn't get an aftertaste. I didn't I, really either. No, I am. Interesting. Interesting. There's a lot of diversity going on here. Did we try the pink one yet? We did not. A pink one's the last one. Yo, know, We're going all of them today. Is it,
2: is it pink, Grace? <laughs> this, one
0: is, this one is pink. Do you notice how I let you guys go is for it pink? It first so is I it knew pink? which color we were actually talking about?
2: A- yeah.
1: Whoa. Mm. Oh.
2: Interesting. That's nice. I love the flavors. Except for the yellow one was a little iffy. But- the
0: yellow one? This might sound funny, but kind of tastes like powdery yeah does that make sense
1: i i guess and i'm also like getting here right like one thing I, i'm a one thing that i think that ben and i have have discussed with gummy candies because this is kind of like a, it's it's a chewy candy it's yeah. not a gummy candy yeah. it's a chewy candy yep. chewy candies can get stuck in your teeth i'm not getting that so no. much on, on this one no, no. and you really yeah. don't with it's skittles nice.
2: in general i'm a pretty big like og skittles fan
1: okay all right, I, I almost feel like, I almost thought that these didn't get stuck in as much as regular Skittles. I don't maybe know, so. maybe it's just me. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I enjoyed my time. I me enjoyed too. my time. This
2: was really solid. They it were really was nice. really
1: solid. Um, I need to think of like a rating. Like, what, what is, I'm trying to think of some of the fruity snacks that we've had before and where it measures up to the rest of those. Um, like, I'm thinking of those Skittles Clouds gummies that we had and stuff and yeah. kind of how yeah, we okay. do that. Um, thinking about in comparison to a regular Skittle, of course. Um, I, I, think I, think,
2: I, I think I have a rating. I think I do too, but can we let Grace go first? I think it's always fun when the guest
1: goes yeah, first. Yeah, I agree with you. The guest needs to go first. Okay. Out of
2: 10.
0: Out of ten, okay, thank you. Um, are we going for like just in general or like each flavor?
1: No, no it's a, it's a summary. It's in a general. summary.
0: I honestly, I would give that like an eight.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: I I enjoyed it. Some of the aftertaste was not that great, and I didn't like the like powdery taste or feeling or whatever of the yellow one. But overall, they were it was like pretty much good. There wasn't like a bad flavor.
2: Okay. I ben. I enjoyed it. Ben. I'm right around there my initial my initial gut reaction was like a seven, but then I think it's a little bit better than that, so I'm going to seven point five
1: okay so I, that's actually funny i I was thinking when Grace said eight, I started to kind of think about it a little bit if something's going to be an eight, it usually means that I would go back to the store and buy it again that's yeah. the, 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 that's the, that's kind of like where I'm at with like an eight okay. um I don't think I would desire to go back to the store and get these again Pretty close, um though. P- close cl- yeah. r- right around there I-, I prefer other other skittles flavors that i've had before sure. rather than these i'm not a huge tea flavor person so that probably brings it down a little bit for me i'm gonna go with a 7.2 i'm gonna bring it a little bit lower than that i think that it was I good Why you're laughing
0: okay good
1: this is just disrespect. I mean, I, I mean you know. what, what, what is this right now? This is this is insanity. Honestly, the, the guest <laughs> brings a whole other dynamic to this to, to this segment, no and it's it's kind of nice though. I kind of like it. Oh, I absolutely. like the I like the adversity. We need to have our friend Caleb on this podcast. It would be it would be oh, a whole yeah, type of thing. That would be fun. But yeah. but nonetheless, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the seven point two, and and no, I'm not gonna go with a laughing seven point two. I'm gonna go for a real seven point two. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just kind of where I I'm at with that. The know, lemon brings it down.
0: I just want to know what the difference between your 7.5 and your 7.2 is. You there, you there's a big difference. Race. It's,
1: it's .3. So. It's, yeah, there you go. Did, did, you, did right. you do math right. in high school? I mean, I I, I don't really know. <laughs> no, but but seriously, like, because like a 7.5 to me, 7.5 to me is just higher. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a good point. It is Man, a good that's point. True. It is a good point. You know what? I'm just gonna stop talking now. <laughs> seven point two. Did you,
0: why did you take away the point three?
1: I wanted to. Okay. The the yellow <laughs> made me want to take it away. Okay. It was not worthy of an eight. A seven point five. If the yellow one was if the yellow one was good. If the yellow <laughs> one was good. Was that's just, an eight.
0: It was just bad for
1: you. The whole honestly, all, the, yellow good, the yellow one's good, it's a seven point five one. or seven point eight. It's still not an eight.
0: Yeah. I just want to know. I, it just threw me off, the 7.5. I'm the sorry 7.2. it
1: threw you off. I'm sorry I don't live up to your standards. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. It's all love on the Uncanceled podcast, guys. <laughs> just, this, is, this, is, this is just a joke. I just want to be very clear with you. This is like serious, but like kidding. I just want to make sure we're clear on that dynamic here. But actually something very interesting for us to know right now is I am actually about to hop off the podcast Uh, Ben is going to do a little teaching from the word of God today we're excited to hear uh, what what he's going to minister on Uh, um, it's going to be much more important than uh, rating Skittles I can promise you that but he has a great teaching for you guys so uh, I'm about to sign off Grace is about to sign off but Ben is about to hop on so
2: we'll see you guys well I'll see you next week let's do it Alright, we're back. Uh, that was fun. Always fun doing rate right that. Um, but I'm excited now to get into the teaching. Pastor Joey asked me to hop on again and do a teaching. And I was really excited to start to study this, um, this passage of Scripture. Just something that the Lord put on my heart to, to study. And I really had a good time with it. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that translates and that you guys get something out of it. It's always just good to, to study the Word to know the word and to study the word. And so that's what we're gonna do today is just gonna do a study on a passage of scripture. So we're gonna be going to Matthew chapter five today. And this, these, these first 10 verses are the first 10 verses of Jesus's longest recorded message in scripture. You've probably heard of it. We, we call it now the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount. And the first 10 verses or so are what we know as the Beatitudes, The Beatitudes. Let me go there. Matthew chapter five. The Beatitudes. Verses two through 12. And so why are they called the Beatitudes? They're called the Beatitudes because they all start with blessed are these kind of people. Blessed are these kind of people. And the word Beatitude comes from the Latin word which means blessed. And so that's why they're called the Beatitudes. But why should we care about them? Why should we care about the Beatitudes? Well, other than them being in the Bible, you know, the Holy Spirit thought that they were important enough to, to keep in the word of God. Um, and so other than them being words that Jesus spoke, why else should we care about the Beatitudes? I want to read you Matthew 5 verse 1. It says, seeing the crowds, he, Jesus, went up on, a mount- on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. His disciples came to him. I got my paper back today. I just kind of like the paper. But his disciples came to him. Jesus is giving this sermon, if you will, this, this bunch of teaching to his disciples. This bunch of teaching right here, Jesus wasn't giving to anybody that would come and listen. No, it says his disciples came and, and followed him up to the mountain. And his disciples were the ones receiving this teaching. And so these beatitudes are eight character traits that Jesus wants his disciples to model. That, that what he wants his disciples to look like. So let's get into the first one. Actually, before we do, um, each one of these beatitudes, right? It says, blessed are these kind of people. And then it gives a character trait, and it also gives a corresponding promise, which is what we're gonna see. But basically, for all of these that we're gonna go through, if you practice these character traits, then you'll receive the corresponding blessing or the corresponding promise that comes along with them. So the first one, Matthew 5, verse 3. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's the character trait here? The poor in spirit, being poor in spirit. What does this mean? It does not mean being financially poor. If Jesus wanted to say that people who are financially poor are blessed, that really doesn't make sense anyway. But he would have said it. He would have said, blessed are people who are financially poor or something like that. But what did he say? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. This does not mean blessed are those who, financially, who are financially poor. It doesn't mean that those who are, you know, who lack courage and who are just, you know, super defeated, super like that, um, it's not talking about those kind of people. To be poor in spirit is to acknowledge your complete spiritual bankruptcy without God. It's to acknowledge that without God, we are spiritually bankrupt. We are completely spiritually dependent upon God. We need the righteousness of God, the righteousness that comes through Jesus in order to be right with God. Our righteousness on our own is worthless. You know, doing doing good stuff, obviously it's it's good to do good stuff, but your good works won't save you. The only thing that's going to save you is having a right relationship with God. And that can only come by putting your faith in Jesus. And so this is what Jesus is talking about, being poor in spirit, is to know that without God, we, we can never earn our way to heaven. We can never earn right relationship with God by ourselves. That without Jesus, we're, we're hopeless, right? Without Jesus, our righteousness isn't enough. But we thank God for what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, because it says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That, this is the great news is that to be poor in spirit is just to recognize I need Jesus. That's that's really what it is. And we've all been there. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, it is just to recognize like, hey, I, I, I know that Jesus is the only way and I need him. That's, that's really what it means to be poor in spirit. And so what's the corresponding promise is the kingdom of heaven is that we get to, spend eternity with God. The Bible says that Jesus is the only way to heaven. John 14, 6, I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so when we have that right relationship with Jesus, when we recognize how spiritually bankrupt we are without him, and we come to him, and we receive the righteousness that he bought for us, then we get to enter into the kingdom of heaven eventually, you know, when when we die and, and, and pass on from this earth. And so that's, that's the corresponding promise is that we will get to spend eternity with God. And, and what a promise it is. Praise God for that. Um, and the full blessing of this promise comes in the future, right? When we get to heaven, we'll experience the full thing. But we also get to experience the kingdom of God, um, the realities of the kingdom of God while we're on this earth. That's why Jesus in Matthew chapter six, verse 10, he, he, commi- or he told us to pray, he instructed us to pray that the Lord's will be done. He he said, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we pray that the realities of God's kingdom would be done on this earth as they are in heaven. And so we experience the kingdom of God, the realities of the kingdom of God when we have relationship with Jesus. So that's the first one, to be poor in spirit, just recognizing that you need God. And then the, the blessing that comes with it is getting to spend eternity with God. Second one, we're going to hit these pretty quick. There are eight. Matthew 5, verse 4. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. At first glance, or at first read, that might not make a whole lot of sense. Why, why would it be blessed for me to mourn? And that's really why I was excited to do this teaching and why I was excited that the Lord put it on my heart was because a lot of times this is Jesus' longest sermon that he recorded. And a lot of times we can go through the Bible and read it and, you know, we'll read it and we'll really try to to know it. But without proper understanding, we read it and and we don't we don't get it. And so this is this is why I was so excited. So it might not make sense at first read. It, It didn't make sense to me at first read. Why is it blessed to mourn? Well, this this word mourning and this phrase, it talks about understanding the weight of sin against God, understanding, you know, what sin does and, and, and how it affects us, how it affects the world and, and what it looks like in the eyes of God. Let me just tell you, God hates sin. God hates sin because he's completely holy and completely righteous. And so anything that's unholy and unrighteous, he hates. But again, thank God that, that in Jesus, we've become the righteousness of God. So when he looks at us and we've repented of our sin, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the life of Jesus on our behalf. But God hates sin. And so as a disciple of Jesus, he's saying there should be, you know, a kind, of, a kind of weight that you feel when you think of or when you see or encounter sin, whether or not you're falling into sin or whether you're, you know, looking at it from a global scale or from a big scale. There should be some, some sadness when you think of sin and, and how that affects the heart of God. Right, And so this is what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 136. It says, my eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. And that's what Jesus is talking about here is, is having a, an understanding of, of, man, God God hates sin. I don't wanna sin. I, I don't wanna see you know, other people living in sin. But it also, this word mourning, it also talks about like, like grieving, you know, something happens in your life that, that is not good. You know, you, you, lose a, you lose a loved one. You, you know, are sick in your body. You're going through something. Like like there's a grieving that, that happens with that. And, and God's talking about this here as well. And I love it. Mark 16, 10, we see the same use of the word mourning. And it's right after Jesus rose from the dead and Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that he wasn't there and she met the angel. And Mark 10 Mark 16, 10 says that after that, she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. The same use of the word mourning. So Jesus is saying here that when you're going through something, when you're mourning, when you're experiencing something that's tough, God will comfort you. And that's exactly what the corresponding blessing is, is receiving comfort. Comfort. Our God is a compassionate and a loving and a good God. And he doesn't want you to be sad. He doesn't want you to, to mourn for a long period of time. He doesn't, he doesn't really want you to mourn at all. And so he's a God of comfort. And when we go through mourning, he will comfort us. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, I want to pull it up because it, it captures the heart of God perfectly when we're going through um, mourning. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, I'd encourage you to Grab it in your Bible as well as I turn there. Here's what it says. Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves were comforted by God. God is a God of comfort and he comforts us so that we can go and comfort other people with the same comfort that we've received from God. So when you're mourning, God is a God of comfort. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are mourning for they'll be comforted. They'll receive that comfort from the Lord. And also the Holy Spirit is our comforter. In John 16, seven, Jesus calls him our advocate. And that word is paraclete. And part of that word means that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. The third one, Matthew 5, five. Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. When you think of meek, what you might think of, you know, off the top of your head is just like a weakness, just, you know, being super like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do anything well, you know, I'm, I'm not good at this, I, I really can't do that, you know, I, like I really, but that's not what meekness is. Meekness is not weakness. And we know that because Jesus was meek. Jesus was meek and Jesus was definitely not weak. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Gentle and lowly in heart. That's what Jesus was on this earth, and that's who he is, and that's what he instructs us to be like. is to be gentle. is to have a gentleness and a humility about you. To be free from anger and to be free from malice and any kind of vengeful attitude that you might hold towards other people. Be free from that. Jesus is saying, be meek, be, ge- be gentle with other people, be humble before other people. That's how Jesus was when he was on the earth. And the biggest example of that is Jesus going to the cross, his humility. You know, at any moment he could have He could have hopped off. He could have called down a legion of angels and been rescued. But Jesus went through everything that he went through because he humbled himself before the father and said, Lord, this this is really tough. In the garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, this is really tough. But, But nonetheless, I'm humbling myself before you, Lord. Your will be done. Jesus was humble and Jesus was gentle. And he instructs us to be the same, to be meek. What's the corresponding blessing? that comes when we're meek. We inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We will inherit the earth if we're meek. And this doesn't mean, this, this does not need to be interpreted metaphorically. It can mean like literally we're gonna inherit, like, like God will bless us with land. God will bless us with his favor. His favor will be on us. Um, because God knows that when you have a humble heart, that, that he's somebody that he can, trust to bless because you'll always turn that blessing around and bless other people. And a really good example um, that I can think of about this is, is our youth pastors, Pastor Joey and Brianna. They are very, very humble, very, very gentle people. They're meek. They love the Lord and they serve him with everything that they have. And what did the Lord do? Many of you, um, if you're Impact students, many of you know the story and, and you know, Pastor Joey telling us about how they were looking for a house and, and the Lord blessed them with so much favor as they were looking for the house. And, and the price of the house got dropped significantly in a market where that was not happening. What happened? They're, they're meek people, they're servants of the Lord, they're humble and they're gentle before him, or before, yeah, before him. And God blessed them. He blessed them. They inherited good land, Right? And so that's, that's the corresponding blessing. But it also speaks inheriting the land. It also speaks to the new heaven and the new earth that we will share in when we rule with Christ after the rapture of the church and after the tribulation period. So it also speaks of that. But that's the third one. Uh, the fourth one, just keep an eye on the time. Uh, the fourth one, Matthew 5, 6. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Jesus is not saying, you know, to go and and physically, you know, take a bite out of your Bible. He's not saying to go blend it up and, and drink it in a smoothie. He's saying to really crave in your heart righteousness, to really crave in your heart to do the will of God, to see God's will done. A desire from the heart to see justice done on the earth, a desire from the heart to have and experience the righteousness that only comes from Christ. It's not a religious kind of righteousness where we're just trying to keep all the rules and follow all the rules. It's not that kind. It's just a true heart of knowing God and loving God and wanting to have a relationship with him. Wanting to have a relationship with him. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says hunger and thirst for righteousness. Just be hungry for God. Make it up in your mind that you can't get enough of God. You know, that that there's always something more that, that you want from him. Not, not like in a, in a bratty way, but just like, God, I just wanna spend more time with you. I just wanna spend more time in your presence. That kind of hunger, where you just love God, you love his word, you love spending time in prayer. That kind of hunger. And what's the corresponding blessing? That will be satisfied. That will be satisfied. And this word satisfied literally means like gorging yourself on an abundance of food and being completely full. And I love this about our God. I love this about our God, is that when we're hungry for God, he will meet us and he will satisfy us. James 4, 8, my favorite scripture. It says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And so when we're hungry for God, when we just get before the Lord and say, Lord, I have these 20 minutes that I really just wanna read your Bible. Would you speak to me? Would you you minister to me something through your word? God will meet you. God will answer your prayer. He will answer your, your request. And because he loves to spend time with us. That's one thing that the Lord has um, shown me recently is, is that he just loves spending time with us. That's why he instructs us in his word to read his word for many, many reasons. And why he instructs us to pray for many reasons, but also just because he loves spending time with it, with, with you. Jesus, God loves spending time with you. He loves spending time with his kids. And so when we're hungry for God, when we reach out to him and say, Lord, I just want to spend some time with you and I want to get to know you better. He will meet you every single time to the point where you're completely full, where you're satisfied, where you, you just got done reading your word or you just got done re- uh, spending time in worship or prayer and you just sit back and say, whoa, whoa, the Lord just spoke to me something so cool. The Lord like, wow, I feel so filled. I feel so charged up. That is the corresponding promise and the blessing for being hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Fifth one, Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. What's the character trait here? Being merciful, having compassion towards other people, showing other people kindness, showing other people love. Even if they don't quote unquote deserve it being compassionate, showing people love and kindness, even if they don't quote unquote deserve it. And you say, oh, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know, you know, that's, that's a really difficult thing that you're asking me to do is to show people compassion, love and kindness, despite everything that they've done to wrong me. It can be tough, but it becomes a lot easier when we remember how merciful our God has been to us. That it was, that it was our sin that drove Jesus to the cross. And of course it was for the joy set before him, Hebrews 12 too. But it was our sin that put Jesus in the position where he had to go to the cross so that we could have a right relationship with the Lord. So when we remember all that we've done you know, against Jesus, all the wrong things, all the terrible things that we've done to God, it becomes a lot easier to be merciful to the other people in our lives that might not quote unquote deserve it. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3, the Bible says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God has been so merciful to us and he did it by sending his son, Jesus. And, and so the in instruction for us as his disciples today is to be merciful towards other people. And the, the corresponding blessing is that we'll receive mercy is that when we show kindness and compassion and love to other people, God shows it back to us. And his favor is on our lives so much so that when we show that to others, they'll, they'll return it to us, you know? People will be merciful to us even, even when we make mistakes. Just because we're merciful people, God will put his favor on our lives to the point where other people show us mercy. But the most important is that, is that when we're merciful to others, God continues to show us his great mercy. Number six, Matthew 5, 8. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Character trait is having a pure heart. Having a pure heart. This means being committed to purity and upright living in every area of your life. Being fully devoted to God. Sounds a lot like our theme for the year at Faith Church and Impact Youth, being all in being fully devoted to the Lord, fully committed to the Lord, no matter the cost. That's what Jesus is saying here when he says, have a pure heart. It means a sincere devotion to God, a sincere devotion to the will of God and to his kingdom, to seeing his will done on the earth. It's a pure heart. It's a pure heart. And that's what God is really after, especially in these final days. God is after people with a pure heart. People who would just say, I don't care about, you know, all the other stuff. I don't care about what the world might have to offer. I don't care as like, just, just holding God as the most important thing in your life. You know, even before popularity, before money, before influence, before anything else, just saying, I'm fully devoted to you, Lord, no matter the cost. That's my heart, having an all in heart. God is not as interested in the outward appearance as he is the condition of your heart. God wants your heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7, when God was anointing and choosing the next king of Israel after Saul had disobeyed him. 1 Samuel sixteen seven. but the Lord said to Samuel, don't look on his appearance or on the heart, height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Let me tell you, if you're somebody who has a pure heart before the Lord, God will promote you so quickly. God will promote you and he'll use you in, a, in an amazing, amazing way. I promise you. Why? Because he knows that he can trust you. He knows that when he blesses you and when he puts you before other people, you're not gonna feel you know, a sense of pride. You're not gonna feel a sense of, oh, I got myself here. No, you're gonna know that God got you there. You're gonna know that everything in your life is because God's favor is on your life. Having a pure heart, being fully devoted, a sincere commitment to God, to living right, to purity. That's what Jesus is talking about. And what's the corresponding blessing? It is getting to see God. He said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And you say, does this mean that I'm gonna physically, you know, see the person of God while I'm on the earth? No, but we do get to see God now through the eyes of faith. You know, if you have faith in God, you get to see him. You can see him if you go outside and look at his creation. You can see him as you, as you look at your own body and know all the intricacies of, of how God created you. You see God through the eyes of faith when you see the moving of his Holy Spirit today, miracles, signs, and wonders taking place. We can see God through the eyes of faith. But one day we will get to see God. And that's the blessing. That's the corresponding blessing to this promise is that one day we will get to see God when we get to heaven. 1 John 3, 2 through 3. I like it in the NLC. It says, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep, watch this, all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. I'm not used to talking this much, <laughs> forgive me. Having a pure heart, just a sincere devotion to the Lord, a sincere commitment to righteousness, to living a holy life, to living a pure life, and the reward, the blessing on the other side is that we get to see God. All right, I got two more. I don't think this has been too long, so we're gonna we're gonna finish this out. Matthew five nine, the seventh beatitude: Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Sons of God, we'll see in a minute, is is also or better translated, children of God. But blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What's the character trait here? Making peace. Being somebody who makes peace. And not just peace, you know, when in conflict, right? If if you go and hit somebody, and then you say, oh, God's called me to be a peacemaker, so I'm gonna go make peace with that person that I hit. Obviously, yes, we should do that. We shouldn't hit somebody in the first place. But if we do something wrong against somebody, absolutely, um, the Bible teaches that we, we need to go and make that right. But that's not all that Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about people who constantly are seeking peace, constantly are seeking to do good to other people and to make peace with the people around them. Romans 14, nine, it says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. That's what we ought to pursue as believers in Jesus. We ought to be peacemakers, not people who stir up conflict, not people who stir up trouble, but rather people who, when, when there's a situation, even if we're not involved and we have an opportunity to make peace, to go and to do some good, to go and to you know, step in and say, hey, like, let's work this out. It, it, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be all this you know, conflict. Make peace. And I love this too. God is our model for a peacemaker. You say, how? God made peace with us through sending Jesus to die for our sin. That's God is the ultimate peacemaker. He sent his son, Jesus, to make peace with humanity by dying for sin so that we could have right relationship with the Lord. And God wants us to model this behavior that he has by being a peacemaker, every single chance we get, every chance we get, God wants us to be a peacemaker because he is one. And what's the corresponding blessing? Corresponding blessing is being a, being called a child of God, being acknowledged as a child of God. When we're peacemakers, we are acknowledged as children of God because we're modeling this behavior that God holds so dear, making peace, doing good to people. People will, will see you making peace and say, like, you know, just doing good, even when you don't have to, even when it's not necessarily your place, but you just really want to end some conflict or you really want to do good to somebody or, or you know, a group of people. People will see that and say, wow, that's, that's very different. You know, and they might ask you, why are you like that? And you can tell them, it's because, it's because my God is. It's because my father's a peacemaker and he instructs me to be a peacemaker because I love the Lord and because he lives on the inside of me. When we're peacemakers, we're being like Jesus. We 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 get acknowledged as being children of God, and that's such a blessing. I want to read Romans eight sixteen through seventeen. It talks about being children of God or being called children of God. I'm going the wrong way. Romans eight sixteen through seventeen. It says the Spirit Himself bears witness with with our Spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. If we're children of God, then we're heirs with Christ. What does that mean? It's a great thing. It means that we're going to get to share with Christ in his ruling, in, um, in, in his victory and in his rule. We get to share with Christ in his victory and his rule as children of God. If we're peacemakers. Amen. All right, last one. Matthew 5, 10. Jesus said, he closed with this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Probably have heard this term before, persecution. Biblical persecution is not just something bad happening to you because you made, a, you made a wrong decision, right? It's not, I'll give you a funny example. It's not, you know, you're a Christian, you love the Lord and you're speeding down the highway and a cop pulls you over and gives you a ticket and you get a ticket and you say, why'd you pull me over? And he says, because you were going 80 in a 55, like, because you're going 90 in a 55, whatever. That's not biblical persecution. Biblical persecution, Jesus gives us, you know, a little bit more here in Matthew 5 than he does for some of the other beatitudes, he says, blessed are those who persecute you. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 11, he gives us a little glimpse of of what biblical persecution is. He says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. That's, that's some of what biblical persecution is, is when other people talk bad about you, lie on you, you know, just, just revile you, just talk all kinds of evil against you because you love Jesus and because you're his disciple. That's biblical persecution. If, if we go back to the speeding example and say, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know. Say you have like, a Bible verse or something on your bumper, right? And you're going the speed limit and you know you're going the speed limit and the cop pulls you over. And, and you say, officer, you know, why, why'd you pull me over? And he said, oh, because I saw the Bible verse on, on, your, on your bumper and you're a Christian and I, I hate Christians. And, and so I pulled you over, here's your $300 ticket. That would be some persecution. Like, like that would be some biblical persecution. And so Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of the gospel." I want to let you know um, that we still have it really good in America, that we, um, that we have a lot of religious freedoms that people around the world don't have. There are people around the world that are dying for being a disciple of Jesus, dying for professing their love for Jesus. We have a lot of religious freedoms in America. And one day, one day like the persecution is going to catch up a little bit more in America. It already is starting to. It, like just to be completely transparent with you, it already is starting to. And as disciples of Jesus, we need to be mentally and spiritually prepared to remain strong and steadfast in our faith and our love for God. John sixteen thirty three is a great scripture. Gives me a lot, of, a lot of encouragement in this area. And by the way, it's something that Pastor Joey has to be, you know, aware of and ready for. It's something that I have to be aware of and ready for. It's something that every Christian, you know, has to, has to be ready for mentally and spiritually. But John 16, 33, Jesus said, I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation or trouble. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, in the world, like there's gonna be some tough times. if if you really love me and if you're really devoted to me. But it's okay. Take heart. I've overcome the world and I live on the inside of you. I'll help you. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's the corresponding blessing? The kingdom of heaven. It's the same blessing as the first beatitude that we read. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it's the same as the first one. And Jesus gives a little bit more in Matthew chapter five for this as well. After he says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, he says in verse 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If we're persecuted for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of loving Jesus, and for the sake of the gospel, Jesus says, you'll be blessed. Why? Because in heaven there's going to be great great reward for you. First of all, you get to heaven, right? If if you're so devoted to the Lord that even when others are persecuting you for loving Jesus, you stand strong in your faith, you get to heaven, no doubt. And and Jesus is saying when you get there, there's going to be even there's going to be great reward for you. There's going to be great reward for you. That's the corresponding blessing with this promise is that when we're persecuted we we will make it to heaven, and there's going to be great reward for us for remaining steadfast in our love for God and in our faith in Jesus despite persecution. I hope that that blessed you. I hope that it it gave you some illumination into these first twelve verses of Jesus's longest recorded scripture or longest recorded sermon, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter five. I'd encourage you to go and and, and even study them further for yourself, reread them, and really really take take some, put some emphasis on it that, hey, I'm I'm a disciple of Jesus. And these are character traits that Jesus instructed his disciples. Jesus wanted his disciples to have now. Jesus gave this sermon to his disciples and and I'm one of his disciples now. So I want to exhibit these character traits in my life. And I know that as I do, Jesus promises corresponding blessing on the other side of them. So I hope that this blessed you. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, just before we end, talked a lot about the kingdom of heaven, talked a lot about getting to heaven and having faith in Jesus and, and knowing Jesus in this podcast. And I wanna give you the opportunity. Maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. Maybe you've never said, you know what? Maybe you've never been in uh, Matthew 5, 3, poor in spirit, recognizing that without Jesus, you know, you're, you're spiritually bankrupt. I wanna give you that chance today. If you don't know where you would go if you were to die today, uh, I'm I'm here to tell you there's there's one of two places that you'll go. You'll either go to heaven and spend eternity with the Lord, or you'll go to hell, which is eternal separation from the Lord. And he doesn't want you to go there. God does not want you to go there. He doesn't want you to go there so much that he sent his son Jesus to die a, a horrible, shameful, and painful death so that you didn't have to. Jesus is God. And he came down to the earth. He manifested. He was a human just like you and I. And he lived a perfect and sinless life. Even though he was tempted in every single way that we were, he did not sin. And after he lived this life, he went to the cross. He, he, he died a shameful and a painful death that we deserved as the penalty for our sin. He did it for the joy that was set before him. And you and I were that joy so that we could have right relationship with the Lord. Jesus went to the cross. He died. He went down to hell. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He held captivity captive, and then he rose from the dead in complete victory. He rose from the dead and is alive today, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, intercessing, interceding for us so that we can put our faith in him and know that we're in right relationship with the Lord. And so if you've never... Put your faith in Jesus as your savior. I wanna lead you in in a simple prayer. The Bible says that all we have to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and we will be saved. So if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart as savior, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you lived on the earth, that you died for my sin and that you rose from the dead for me. I put my faith in you now as my Lord and Savior. I'm not a sinner anymore. Now I'm a saint. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just made that decision, I want to encourage you to to drop a comment and let us know. We'd love to reach out and connect with you. Uh, Or you can DM us on uh, Instagram. Impact Youth uh, is our Instagram. So I encourage you to do that and and find a Bible-believing church. Get yourself a Bible. Uh, You can download the Bible app on your phone and start reading it and find a Bible-believing church. But let me pray for everybody else, um, and then we'll end the potty. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to teach your word. Father, I pray that all the understanding that you've delivered today, Lord, would be sealed in the minds and hearts of every person listening. Lord, I pray that as your disciples today, we would exhibit these character traits, Lord that would honor you and thank you, Father God, so much for the blessing that comes on the other end. Lord, I pray your blessing and your goodness to touch every single person listening to this now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging out and watching. Hope it wasn't too long, uh, but we'll see you next week. God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.